Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, sir. You look like a man who could do with some more pedals. Oh, yes, yes, indeed. I love a good pedal. The only problem is pedals are so expensive. Well, I've got some great news for you. From the 1st of October to the 16th of November, you can buy two Boss pedals and get the third, the cheapest one, for free. For free, you say? Indeed. Go to www.boss3for2.com. That's the number three and the number two with the word four to check the pedal combination and all of the terms and conditions. You can then go to any Boss UK dealer to claim the deal. My goodness. The only question now is, which pedal? That's up to you, innit? <laughs> That's it. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham. Joining me this evening, we have Matt Knight. Hello. Jay Cross. Hello. And Joe Branton. Hi. You guys are already in good form, starting off with a little chuckle. Um, How's everyone doing? I'm good. How are you? Very good, thank you. How about you two here being silent? I'm really hungry. Yeah, I'm really, really hungover. (laughs) (laughs) Hungry and hungover. It's like the two statuses of the guitar nerds. We're like the alternative seven dwarves. (laughs) Hungry, hungover, (laughs) upset. And Mark Packham. Yeah, short one. (laughs) Short one. Um, What's been going on? Good week? Yeah, not not too bad. Um, I haven't done a lot of playing. Although my pedal board is really noisy, so I've decided to take it apart again. <laughs> Where do you think the noise is coming from? I think I've got some faulty cables. And okay. when you've got when you've got something like fifty cables, um it takes ages to check them all. I would imagine it's quite, so. bo- it's quite boring, but it's just like you know when you can really hear it and then it just really, really gets on your nerves. Especially when you turn up quite loud and then you're like, Oh, this hum is really loud. Is it hum or is it hiss? No, it's hum, so it sounds like a cable that's not connected properly. You know when right. you get like a slightly faulty jack plug? Yeah. And it starts to, uh, to, you know, die. You can okay. hear that horrible earth hum. So How I'm do you work out which one it is? Uh, I've got a cable tester, but then I just kind of plug the pedal board back in one by one until the noise starts happening again, and you kind of realise that's, that's probably the issue. Now, uh, a man who probably has had some uh, pedal board juggling in his time is Dave Gilmore, 
Um, you went seeing this week. I did, and uh, amazing as it was, the thing that blew me away the most was the light show. It was the most ridiculous light show I've ever seen in my entire life. I saw pictures of it, like loads of lasers and stuff. Yeah, there was a lot of lasers, lot just a lot of strobe lights, like a lot of intense strobe lights. They even came out in dark, all everyone came out in dark sunglasses at one point after the <laughs> interval. The strobes were so intense, like it actually like made you hallucinate slightly. It was really weird. Um, it, it looked pretty incredible. Like I'm not a huge fan of the music, but like as a show, it seemed pretty full yeah. on. I mean, the um, do you know actually one thing that I thought was because um, obviously like Dave Gilmore's tone was amazing, but Guy Pratt's bass tone was absolutely on point yes I love it was so good it was Was like really well in the mix as well it was just yeah was he using his custom he's got an Ashdown ABM 900 of all things which is not what you it's funny you can notice the Ashdown rig like on stage straight away I suppose just because we know what Ashdown gear looks like but it really stands out on um, on stage and he was using the his Burgundy Mist jazz bass really yeah that's that's the one that's the one yeah Um, the guy had tone absolutely Awesome. He's got a Burgundy um, Mist Precision Bass recently. Well, I don't know if it's recently, but he's done some new sort of Ashdown, um, you know, sort of press shots, and, uh, right. and he's got a Burgundy Mist P Bass for that. Really? I wonder if that would be a custom shop rather than an actual. You never know. Well, how many yeah. Bur- did they do Burgundy Mist P Basses? I don't know. It, I mean, it could be a refin of some sort. Yeah. So. But um, with with Gilmore, the thing that was he played his black strat like a fair bit, but actually what he was playing the most was a two tone sunburst fifties telly with a black scratch plate, and it looked absolutely wicked. I was like, oh man, like, and it looked it was just really relic, and I was like, that would look really good as a custom shop. It's just a Baja, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's basically that, that's what actually that's what he's playing. He's using he's a Baja <laughs> telly, rocking the yeah, J Cross. He's wearing a J Cross T-shirt. <laughs> he's a, a, I, I hear he's a big listener, and he's really taken some advice from J Cross. Um, that's why I couldn't see the amps he was using because they were Blues Juniors, and they yeah. like this, they were too low down in the stage. I don't know. <laughs> do, any, do any of you guys follow um, Doctor Wilson on? Um, uh, on Twitter, who is a Fender custom shop guy? I forget. Is it Dennis Wilson? Dennis Wilson is a custom shop builder. Okay. Yeah. Dale think, Wilson. Uh, Dale Wilson. That's it. Dennis, Dale, Dale Wilson. Dennis Wilson wasn't he a Beach Boy or something? Yes, he was a Beach Boy. Okay. Um, I think he's dead. Dale Wilson uh, posted up a color over color strat um, this week that was, I think it was, burgundy mist over chameleon. Oh my! What's chameleon? It's a um, like a pearlescent, like shape shifting color. Like if you turn it in the light, like it oh, changes. Oh, like they did with those flip flop Japanese. Yeah, it looks way better than that though, because oh, it's sorry. clearly uh, it's clearly nitro, um, and it looks so good, so good. Um, in the um, I was going to say in the shop today, someone um, or the other day, someone bought in one of those splatter casters. Oh yeah, I was like, actually, these guitars. Not so bad. How was the like, scratch plate? Just... How's the scratch plate holding up? Because that's the bit I always remember. The paint looked pretty good, and they'd also splattered the scratch plate, and it was just like the paint on top of the plate, like it wasn't lacquered or anything. No, it actually, it looked all right. Like the guitar, like as a whole, for saying it was probably about ten years old, it looked all right. I was like, I should do that again. That, I like that FSR. That was good. They did a lot of mad stuff around that time. I really, really like those. If they'd have done them on an American series, even better, because they were just on Mexican standards at the time. So. Yeah. I don't is think it, they did um, them on tellies either. 
That, I don't think they did any on tape. No, no, it was just strats. It was, it was is just it, the strats. Is it um, Jim Root who just buys them every time he sees one? No, that's the not the Splatcasters. The no, it's the bowling ball. It's um, what's his name? John Five always John buys five, those yeah. bowling ball. Oh uh, yeah, that was it. Vendors every time he sees one because everyone's completely different. Yeah, I want a bowling ball fender. Um, Matt, one last quick question about uh, Dave Gilmore. What's his kind of set looking like these days? Like, is it some stuff from the new album, or is it like all it's, old stuff? Um, yeah, because when he when he did a tour a few years ago, he played like the new album then from start to finish, and then did like a set of like older songs. But actually, this was like loads of old stuff and loads of Pink Floyd stuff, and then just like a few, a few new tunes. So okay. it's really good to hear like the old Pink Floyd stuff as well. I'm going to listen to that new album again because um, someone I worked with was listening to it at work and it didn't sound that great, but there seemed like a couple tracks that maybe were were all right. What was, what's, what's weird is that like, I'd listened to the new album and I was talking to a, a friend I went with and like the tone and production on that record is really 80s, like really compressed and there's like loads of chorus. And live, like his tone is like, I was like, oh, I bet his guitar tone's going to be really weird now. And actually, his tone was just like exactly how it's always been. They obviously just like completely changed it for the record. Yeah. So live, it sounded much better than the record. Something just a bit more organic than what's on the on the record. Yeah. Really heavily processed on the record. Talking about heavy processing, um, you bought a new pedal this week. I did. No, I my count to five. Um, Montreal Assembly Count to Five turned up finally. So isn't there like a, is it a three month months. waiting list or something? Well, no, there was like a pre order sale, and then it took like three months for him to build it, and then it took him like another two months to ship it. Um, and then one day this thing just turned up on my door, and I was like, I don't remember ordering anything. And I was like, oh, wait, um, it's that. And it's um, the weirdest, glitchiest pedal I've ever plugged in. It's so much fun. How does it actually like, work in reality in terms of the, what's the control layout and stuff? So you've got three modes. So the, the uh, third mode is like an eight-second looper, but it records this one loop three times, and then you can change the direction. You've then So imagine if you've recorded effectively the same loop in three layers. You can then change the speed and direction of every layer. The second one allows you to do like um, a four-second loop, but then you can randomly slice chunks out of it and then play those back at any speed and then in like random intervals. And then the other one's like a constant recorder, so it always records and then plays it back at a different speed and direction. So you can get some kind of some really wacky stuff out of it. Yeah, it sounds like it. It sounds yeah, absolutely I'll, um, bonkers. I'm going to try and do like a proper video on it, I think. That'd be cool. Because uh, there's just nothing um, online that kind of really shows people what it's all about. Good, good stuff. And y- y- another acquisition this week—you picked up a um, Pro Junior. Yeah, a US, a US built Pro Junior, um, which sounds awesome. But I unplugged. It's got a. Um, it's not a hardwired speaker. It's just on a speaker jack, and I plugged it into my twelve-inch cab. And was like, it sounds so much better with a twelve-inch speaker. So I think uh, when I've got a bit of spare cash, I might get Zilla cabs to rebuild it into a twelve-inch like yeah. housing. Um, and put like a different speaker in it or I was tempted to get it built into a little head and then you can always just use it oh, that'd be cool well. yeah because so, I took it apart and it's actually a really really small casing so you could build like a tiny like like gigging head that would be more than loud enough it seems a bit of a shame to chop up a US made Pro Junior though is the only thing yeah well you could always keep the cabinet and well yeah it's just like I kind of think well if it sounds better just might as well might as well do it yeah sure sure good I'm stuff. sure that's what people were saying in the 80s when EMGs came out Matt 
Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Stick. I'll stick three MGs in that fifty-nine Les Paul. That'd be great. <laughs> what you need, mate? Kayla Trem. <laughs> Get it sorted. Jay Cross. Good week. Yeah, I feel a lot better than like I did last week. You, I, but I. You but look like you were about to die last week. Yeah, I felt really, really under the weather. But I, despite that, you were crowned the guitarist. Yeah, I can't. I mean. I, Perhaps the next time I'm involved in the quiz, I'll need to make sure that I'm not very well again so that I can okay. give the rest of you guys a chance again. You know, it's probably <laughs> for the best that I didn't... Oh, man, I hope nobody's listened to this instead of, like, not got the order wrong. Oh, no, yeah, spoilers. we don't want to listen to this one. Okay, preemptive spoilers for a couple of minutes ago when we started talking about this. Yeah, don't listen to what I just said. Yeah, no. fine, fine. <laughs> I think, I think, um, we had some coming. really good feedback from the quiz. People were really, really digging it. So, um, yeah, it was, maybe we'll try everyone and... obviously prefers me hosting, which is, is good, really. Weird that, isn't it? Because, you know... Um, so yeah people love the quiz so maybe we'll do it every two three months something like that maybe we'll try and do four a year the quarterly quiz quarterly quiz so I've got 15 weeks to write a quiz Uh, something like that yeah cool I'll see if I can write a quiz Oh, so you're going to do the next one? Well, I thought that was the point, wasn't it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's how it works. Said. So that there's always a different winner. Is it winner stays on? Yeah. Right. So Wait. No, no, not no. winner stays on. That doesn't make Win- sense. Winner hosts. No, but winner then hosts the quiz is what yeah. I meant. Yeah. Yeah, cool. so I've got the um, the Bob Martin Cows. It's like Eurovision, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's but like you Eurovision. But you don't compete in it. No. I'm, the, I'm Gina G. No, Gina G, she didn't win, did she? No. Yeah. Katrina in the Waves? Um, I am walking on. That wasn't sunshine. the song. Wow! Love shine a light, Jay. Love shine a light. Um, how's your week been? Yeah, it's been good actually. Since I since then, um, I did have to take a day off because I did feel absolutely vile. Um, uh, but yeah, other than that, I'm all good. Um, I spent some I spent a bit of time with DD500. Oh they yeah, so, so they finally arrived. Yeah, um, I, I like it. I think it's good. Um, I think it's yeah I, did, I haven't spent much time going too in depth with it and um, I got really annoyed because I couldn't figure out how to change I mean obviously the first thing I went to was the uh, the tape echo yeah, uh, of sound and I got really annoyed because <laughs> I couldn't figure out how to change the tape heads and then I just sort of um, just looked harder and, okay. I, and it, it's actually very very easy to change the tape head sound and yeah it's really good it's, it's a very very cool pedal um and yeah, I mean, a certain upgrade from the DD20. Um, is it an upgrade from a timeline? I think is the important question. I mean, I've not spent a huge amount of time with the timeline. Well, technically, it is. It's, yeah, it does more stuff. Yeah, and it's to yeah. a higher quality. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. T- timeline will tell. Very good. DD20. Very good. Um, no, it's very cool. It's it's, it's 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 already started appearing on people's boards. Yes. I see. Like, um, see, you know, if there's various Facebook groups out there that focus on people's pedal boards and DD500 alongside ESA has been showing uh, up yeah, everywhere. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing. Is um, And actually, I think everyone I've spoken to who um, I have said, oh, yeah, you're getting a DD500. They've, I've said, oh, you know what you need to do next? ESA. And they're like, I've already got it. Right. I've already got it. I, I think go. I've had four conversations about that this week. Nice. So, yeah, I think that's going to be... I'm really looking forward to seeing what some, you know some of these videos where it just everything just disappears into itself I think it's going to be real good yeah get that on a Montreal count to five and you'll disappear into space yeah never come back <laughs> well um, speaking of that Tom Peters the guitarist from Alpha Male Tea Party is putting together um, a blog and a video 
on the ES8 and how it works and sort of explaining the you know the the finer how to how to sort of make your most out of the ES8 so yeah. I'll probably I'll post on the on the group when it is finally out when his video is out because it should be rather good he's a he's an excellent player and it will be a great sort of a really complicated board so it'll be really interesting to see how he's made the most of it definitely have you got one yet Matt are you going to go for an ES8 uh, yeah, I've got one. I got one ages ago. Yeah, I couldn't remember whether you've actually bought one or whether you just were borrowing one to try it out. But yeah, no, I've ha- I've had one for quite a while, and um, I keep every time I plug it in, I keep finding something like different and like weird and wacky that you can do with it. Like in terms of how much you can assign to one button, it's pretty nuts. Like if you've got like a lot of MIDI pedals or you use like a uh, laptop and Ableton, they you could trigger so much via midi yeah. and i think that's where the, the huge advantage is over anything else on the market is just the, the midi control you've got on it yeah good stuff um, um, joe you mentioned yeah. that you're um you're a little hungover yeah there's a good reason uh yeah well that's not, right. not such a good reason but well. um <laughs> you went to um you went to a festival yesterday <laughs> and right, saw yeah. some bands and stuff yeah it was uh, yesterday was a uh, breakout festival which is uh, it's the second year uh, that it's run, which is a a, a, a metal festival uh, in Brighton uh, that you and me went to, Mark, last year. Yep. Um, and did some interviews and stuff there. And uh, and this year I was down there, um, you know, doing some other bits. I had a, a sort of a stall where people could like enter a competition and things. But yeah, it was um, it was great. I sort of from where I was, I was able to see most of the bands. I have to admit, you know, I, the, the bands that were on in sort of the morning and the day. First band on at ten thirty in the morning for metal. That wow. is early. That's yeah. insanity. Yeah, exactly. So ten thirty. I, I know, I know, but um, it was good. You know, we sort of were able to pack down. So I was able to see sixth um, at sort of around eight o'clock in the evening when they were on. But it was a long day. Started at set up at eight in the morning and we packed down. You know, and got out of there at around eleven. So it was right. a, it was a long day. But unfortunately, I'd given a lot of tickets to to friends because I had a lot to sort of give away and every time someone turned up they would buy me a beer for, for giving them a ticket and you drank these of course after all of your work was finished uh, well no it was during well, sort of, but, let's, but, uh, for, <laughs> let's say you drank them all after your work was oh, finished yeah, absolutely. and thoroughly professional yes. professional throughout um, so what bands apart from Sixth who else was on there what good gear did you see uh, and um what anything sort of jump out at you? Orange was yeah. sponsoring again. Orange was sponsoring again, yeah. yeah. And always, always really interesting to see um, the uh, metal festivals, just because it's not something that I know an especial amount about, and so it's something that gear wise has uh, not been something that I focused on. Um, so, so it's it's interesting to see the sort of different setups they have. But yes, Orange were sponsoring again. So for the the greater part of the the early. Um, uh, bands, there it was all the orange backline, and then towards the end, um, it, it started e- exactly the same, really, as it was last year. We started seeing loads of digital amps. I saw um, quite a few bands with Kempers on stage. Okay, um, about three bass players using Kemper profiling amps. Really? As well. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Um, wow. Well, because it doesn't matter, does it? You don't have to have a bass Kemper profiling amp. You just profile a bass amp, and it, it becomes a bass amp. So. Um, so yeah, so so at least three bass players using those, but yeah, lots of um, lots of like racks where I could see um, Axe Effects in there, and uh, and it tended to be like Axe Effects or Kemper for the for the latter part of the evening. Lots of Schecter. Saw one band. I, I, I'm not sure uh, what they were called, but um, uh, two guitar setup. One one with a baritone and one with a seven string instead of having a bass player, which okay. was 
which was quite interesting. And, really? Uh, yeah. So no bass player at all? Yeah, no bass player at all. How? And they were both playing Strandberg guitars, the headless... Okay. Um, They've just started. I don't, I've noticed they've just started making those in Korea now. So they're starting because they were like six grand or something ridiculous, weren't they? They've That's now, right. So they're now doing the Korean ones are around a grand. So it's yeah. the first time they've actually done like a factory line guitar. So yeah. something that you can get without a massive waiting list for it as well, which is yeah, which is great. It's, it's great that it's introducing that sort of style of thing. Strandberg are very you should definitely check them out. I think they are sort of the best guitar out there for that sort of style of thing, like fan frets, headless, very sort of. Um, you know, like Koa bodies and, and zebra wood bodies and things like that. Did they make bases They did yet? that crazy um, 10 string, didn't they? Uh, did they? Is, yeah, is yeah the 10 string, half fretted, half fretless with like a multi, it was like multi scale and multi wood fretboard. It was like half maple, half rosewood. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds that sounds like Imagine, the sort of thing Strandberg would do. Is that, so when you need to put like lemon oil on the rosewood of the yeah, board, do, do, you, do you need to like masking tape off the, the maple? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's that it stringent about you, you shouldn't uh, don't be that worried you'll be fine nah man it's for Rosewood right okay fine fine but uh, um, yeah an awful lot of Jim Root tellies there as well that oh, yeah? does not surprise no, me no yeah always well it was it was kind of last year when me and Mark were there last year and we were trying to interview bands and we'd gone there to interview each band on their uh, each guitarist from each band on their guitar and just so many of them were turning up with just Jim Roots and of course half of the interview I was I was hoping to be able to go so what modifications have you made but of course no one's made any modifications so they've just bought a Jim Root because it's <laughs> it, it does everything that a metal band could want it's exactly the sort of perfect that guitar for, for modern metal I guess as metal has moved away from um, from having Floyd Roses to being sort of hard towers and the the EMG configuration that it has everything about it seems it's just like perfect to you don't have to do anything to it you're just plug in and ready to go no, yeah. there's not even any controls really to mess around on well so. as uh, as I think you answered correctly last week on the quiz it's volume and three way selector oh and volume and three way selector yeah that's it yeah. that's what I said, just said is it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Anything else jump out? So lots of Strandberg, lot of Jim Root. Who was the best band that you saw? Well, I guess you only saw a couple, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I don't really like that sort of thing. Sixth were good because you know they did that. Um, they did that big monologue where they're like, "The Yeti is waiting." The Yeti is waiting. You know that 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 sort of. Thing. I have absolutely no it's, idea. It's what you're on one of their about. records. It's like a spoken word thing they do where they tell a story and it's one guy and he uses well, like um, four different weird voices. It's great. I sound like exactly. The, the lead your singer did loads of car- did like loads of voiceovers for cartoons after they after the sixth split up but um the crazy thing about sixth is they kind of are now coming back they obviously they're releasing a new record but they're coming back in popularity because they were like gent before gent really existed so like a lot of bands now that are kind of primarily that genre like oh yeah sixth were like a massive influence and they were like a really small band at the time like you know fairly popular within that scene but nowhere near what some of the other bands are like now Oh, actually, that's just reminded me. Do you know the really funny thing that I saw um, from from the quiz from last week? One of the bands um, was playing the stained signature model. The Mike Machot. Yeah, the Mike Machot. Because it's like... um, Told you. 
I don't know. I don't know what the it, it looks like a, a sort of matte mahogany body with two silver humbuckers it is. In, in baritone scale. Yeah, yeah, through neck. Yeah. Yep. Amazing. It's got some sort of little flames on the twelfth fret as well. Right. It's got something weird on the twelfth fret. Cool guitar. I mean, the yeah, I thought it was a great. Cool, it, it sounded great. It was, yeah. But yeah, just re- what a ridiculous signature model it's, to be. What an unknown <laughs> sort of signature model to then see on a stage. Considering they were like six or seven hundred quid, all mahogany through neck with like two quality humbuckers in there like they were good but yeah I mean, it was it was like gibson style humbuckers yeah. as well with the chrome plating yeah, so exactly yeah, it was you know, it was great stained don't it I, Not, I don't know who that is right um one last thing this week you guys <laughs> saw a uh fuzz pedal or drive pedal made out of dirt well i mean i i, I came across it through um through uh, it was like actually through like a synth channel that I saw it because it was uh, it was designed as like a um, uh, like a synth module as opposed to a drive pedal, and okay. I think they someone had built it into a drive pedal. But it was um, I, I quite I just quite liked how it was it was life sort of imitating art in the um, you know one of the things that we do to describe like very abstract concepts like that how your guitar sounds or how it, is you say oh it's really dirty or it's like it's really grimy and gritty and someone's gone okay let, let, let's just let's just see what that sounds like and so they someone's made a synth module that allows you to push your signal through it and it like i mean I it don't of know course it, degrades the signal okay. as, it, as it goes through so and, and like they're they're offering a discount if you provide your own dirt and stuff amazing like that. And, who's uh, making this uh <laughs> i don't know i can't remember let me have a look uh, they have the best names for things. Though. They also did a random tone generator called the um, um, Vampiric Earth Plague. Okay. Uh, which I, I think is probably the best name I've ever heard yeah. for, for, for a pedal. That sounds good. Um, have you got it there? Yeah, it's... Um... Isn't it Eurorack? No, Euro, Eurorack is a... Oh, it's, the it's, it's a term, yeah, yeah. Um, Martin Hat. Martin Howes is that the company name or is that the fella I guess it's a fella it could just be a fella Howes yeah, yeah Howes, Martin yeah. Howes yeah he's this guy Martin Howes is doing it okay and uh yeah it's it's really so weird essentially, essentially the circuit passes through a whole load of mud yeah um, and that's what shapes the tone <laughs> yeah very weird indeed is it Kickstarter or can you just buy them I think you can just buy them I don't okay. think it's Kickstarter no, no yeah they're just a company it sounds pretty good doesn't it yeah that's right they've got um, some SoundCloud uh, links on there uh, where you can listen to just you know sort of a, a single tone of 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 the fuzz increasing um uh, but it, it it sounds brilliant yeah it sounds mental cool cool what a bonkers pedal i uh i look forward to when matt finally buys one that will definitely happen yeah some should we head into news super dirt tone indeed super dirty should we head into some news news First up this week, uh, brand new TC Electronic compact pedal, the Hyper Gravity Compressor. Matt Knight, what'd you make of it? Um, it looks it looks awesome. Um, I'm I, I honestly thought when I saw it, I was like, ah, oh, I hope they're making a tremolo, um, but they're actually making compressor. But it's based on um, the compressors that I think are already in some of their other stomp yeah, boxes. Yeah, well, it's 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 a compressor based on the the rack mount, uh, their System Nine. Um, uh, studio uh, equipment so it is it's you know one of the first multi um multi-band multi-band compressors yeah 
But I yeah. like that they've done that. They've gone for because it's got two settings on it. Well, three if you count tone print. Because um, it's got it's got a traditional uh, uh, or, or vintage compressor on there as well, which is uh, just a really basic. So on on vintage compressors, you know, if, if you get your high notes compressed to the amount that's right, then it will it will make your your low end really over compressed, which is which is the nature of old compressors. So whilst it it doesn't compress properly, it's that sort of sound that we've come to associate uh, as sort of a, a, an interesting, cool, rocky compression tone. Um, kind of like mm. the Dynacomp and the CS2 and things yeah. like that. So it's cool that it's got that option on there for people who are traditional, but of course I think most people buying TC pedals aren't traditional, so it also has that multiband. Do you, do you, do you, yeah. Matt, uh, Matt, you can probably explain how multiband compression works a little better than I can. Yeah, I kind of, I watched the videos and I sort of did a bit of reading up about it, and, and like you say, basically I think traditional compressors, if they squeeze too much of the bottom end obviously the top end doesn't get compressed and if they do the top end obviously the bottom end doesn't have as much compression on it so this one it's i suppose in a way it works similar to the um maybe like the dimension processing on some of the new boss stuff in the fact that it takes each dynamic and compresses it equally um so you get equal compression across across uh, all frequency ranges so i think what would be nice about that is how you get compressors now they've got that blend control between dry and wet so you can you can hear more of your clean signal coming through so enough you get all the sustain without all the squash this will kind of give you nice super smooth cons- um compression with the same result is that you know, things will give you more sustain, they'll sound clearer, but everything won't sound like you're losing all your dynamics effectively. Everything is going to sound like more lively. Um, and it's and it's kind of like that's going to cost you like several grand in, in a tiny stomp box. Uh, which is going to be, is it 99 quid? It's not very much money. Yeah, they're not, yeah. 99 yeah. pounds. Yeah, which is yeah. crazy. It's, it's, it's got to be one of the cheapest, best compressors out there. Well, I mean, I guess, I, you know, I haven't tried one, but certainly on paper, it, it looks brilliant. Yeah, it looks like, and I. Th- I think with the tone print as well, you're going to be able to do some kind of because obviously with the the editor, you can change the way that the like all the knobs work and you know the the scope of how much uh, the travel of each control. So you should be able to do some kind of really cool stuff with like what the controls will actually do as well. So be quite good for sort of I think using it like not just like a traditional compressor like you could probably use it as a really good uh, boost or you know just for something that you could probably leave on all the time. I uh, I just like that they're expanding that range again because for a while they looked like they were going to go deep down the rabbit hole of like mini pedals um, and just converting all their original stuff into mini pedals. But um, it's good to see that they're actually introducing some new sounds into their regular compact series. Yeah, I like it a lot. Hundred percent. Joe Branton, big bit of news this week for the bass world. Yeah. Ampeg unveiling the new PF twenty T and the PF fifty T. Yeah, great. What does that mean? Well, uh, it's it's firstly the, the the first time in a while that Ampeg have done have released something kind of for their something new. Uh, uh, well, no, well, no, they did well, they did a refresh of their um, their solid state combos. Oh yeah, uh, the B series stuff uh, recently where they they made all of them wedge so that you can you can tilt them, which is pointless. But um, they uh, <laughs> it's the first time. Not I think necessarily. Yeah, it's pointless. But it's the first time they focused on um, their their proper stuff, like proper Ampeg sounding stuff, rather than there's been a lot of focus on. Well, of course, those B series combos, but before that, it was the original Portaflex line, the Portaflex 350, 500, and the the whole cab range yeah. that came with that, which were very very cheap, very breaky, and it wasn't really what Ampeg was about. And I felt for a long time like Ampeg are losing 
their way. And yeah, and we've seen certainly sort of you know if you think everyone used to play Ampeg SVT Classics, that was sure. the head to have if you were a, a touring band. And we've seen companies like Fender with the Super Basement <laughs> and Orange with the AD Two Hundred just come along and completely rob Ampeg of that mantle to the extent that I rarely see Ampegs on stage oh, certainly not new ones never maybe old ones I mean like you see the occasional SVT 450 because that's about the only oh, thing yeah. that stands up or maybe the um, B2s was it yeah the old B2s occasionally you see um, yeah SVT 7s and stuff but and SVT 3 Pro is the other one yeah but yeah. like in terms of classics like, I just don't see them anymore no no exactly so it's great that we've got something um, in their core range now this is of course really really different from all those things we were just talking about. It is part of the Portaflex series, but it's the first serious thing in the Portaflex series. So the, the Portaflex stuff was the original like, recording amps of the 60s, and they're the things that everyone wants. Everyone wants a B15, which is, um, it was it was their sort of Ampeg's first recording amp. So it was a 15-watt valve bass head and 15-inch cab, where the, the head sat on top of the cab as part of it, complete with all the valves and all the gubbins completely exposed, uh, which was... It sounded great, but of course, you know, 15 watts for bass isn't uh, enough to gig with. It just sounds amazing for recording because it means you can get all those great drive tones without, um, you know, the, the mic that you're, you're micing up the speaker cab with sort of shaking off because everything has to be so loud. Yeah. So um, that's that's essentially what they've done. They've released a, um, a PF20 and a PF50, so a 20 watt and a 50 watt uh, version of these. Of course, neither of those volumes are enough um, to, to, to gig with but both are going to be great recording amps they've released the 15 inch cab again with it but you can buy the head separately now, that's nice they don't require a speaker load so you really? can use them as just a recording thing which is really? great yeah I have to say it is still it is still different you know it's part of the Portaflex range just because it looks like it but it's like it's 12AX7s in the preamp which is not what's in the in the original B15 so okay. it's a very modern take so 6L6 is in the power and yep. uh, 12X70 6V6 yeah oh right okay um, and even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks Italian leather jackets and so much more and the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
uh, yeah, 12AX7 in the preamp. But yeah, it, um, great, brilliant, wonderful. We're going to have, you know, great sounding uh, Ampeg recording amplifiers that, you know, where you don't have to sort of buy an old one and, and, and keep your fingers crossed that it's still in some way working. The problem is I don't know if this is, I mean, do do we? They're they're quite reasonable as well. I think they're they're sort of like six hundred dollars. I've seen them go up on. My question is: Are they go? Is there going to be enough demand for them to well, keep this? It. Do alive? we need them? Do we need them? Do we is need the, a six hundred pound recording that you can only use for recording? Is yeah. the fifty watt really not loud enough to gig with? Fifty watt all that. I mean, I would consider a hundred watts only giggable if like if because um, Ash Ashdown Fender and Orange all have hundred watt full valve heads yeah uh, oh and Ampeg as well um, the Ampeg and the Ashdown I would consider barely gigable yeah. at 100 watts whereas right. the Orange and the Fender I would say yeah they're, they're definitely gigable but I think 100 watts is right on the it's right on the cusp yeah exactly so 50 watts is I mean maybe if you're in some sort of like cool jazz band right I mean okay. that's that's where they're aiming it I mean look at the styling on it it's you know it's very retro it's yeah. not yeah. and the fact that the Transformers are exposed and things like that like it's probably not meant for your kind of math yeah, maybe, rock maybe, digging it. Well, every maybe day. that's why they've done it. Maybe that's one of the reasons why they've left it all open. So it's to yeah. say, like, no, please don't talk with this. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and if well, you, it always was. I mean, they've just yeah. done it in exactly the style yeah, of the original. Yeah, but um, I mean, people like Thrice, um, their bass player has one on stage with. He has a, a full rig, but he also has everything going through a B15 just to go through the front of house okay so it does get used occasionally and I think Biffy Clyro do the same because uh, Ashdown do a 30 watt um, in complete copycat of this like yeah. the Portaflex with the flippable top and the exposed gubbins and everything and he has one of those on stage with his full Ashdown rig so I guess some bass players you know when when you can afford to if you're playing stadiums like the tone of those small amps enough to have them on stage but yeah one last big bit of news this week um, which is sort of a, a leak, I guess. That there's been no official announcement, but we've noticed stuff going up on retail sites and on Amazon and stuff. Um, Gibson have announced, or it's been leaked out, some of the new 2016 models. Um, now, we're not sure if it's the whole range or just some have started appearing. Um, let's talk about the 2016s. Matt Knight, what was your yeah. first, uh, first impressions? Um, they've brought back uh, Explorers and Flying Vs which is um, good yeah which is awesome because you've had loads of people ask about them and like yeah they sort of haven't done anything little disappointed there's not a single left handed in the range I mean I'm not a left handed player but obviously they've still decided that they're not going to make any left handed products um, but I think the great thing is by the looks of it and by the looks of the spec they've kind of said well 2012 was probably our best year uh, in terms of specs and it, we all know that we've always said that the 2012s have kind of been one of their best years and all of those guitars are sort of based on that on that sort of design yeah I mean well, amazing, really. the 2013 really was the for me I think anyway but they, they were much of a match since the 12s and the 13s weren't they but mm. I'm, I mean from what has been announced and from what we can see yeah I mean like like you I'm all about the the flying V's and the Explorers. I mean, less than less than a grand or about around a grand. It's pretty amazing. Which seems pretty reasonable. Are they are they going to be like the sort of LPJ style things that we've seen? No, I don't satin think. Finishes, I don't think no so. I think, I think they're still gloss. Um, there's no scratch plate, uh, but I think I think they're gloss finish. It looks like the only thing they're doing that's um, 
uh, that's around the um, LPJ sort of route is the CM Les Paul again and yeah. new, new studios I guess which are what 699 I think they're so I think there's is there two different models of studios studi- from what I understand yes. studio faded like about 699 something like that 650 okay um, and then there's a and then there's a standard studio which is 1200 quid um, but there's a couple of in-betweens they're doing a 50s tribute and a 60s tribute like they did a couple of years ago um, but the studio faded are effectively like an upgraded LPJ okay um, they did a few years ago they because they've actually still got um, like maple caps and everything well, they look really really good but overall I think the best guitar and probably the one that we'll see most people go for is the traditional yeah. the traditionals have gone back to an amazing price they're, they're going to be 1699 um, and they're basically they've got nothing extra about them because they've not none of them have got like new logos or holograms or any of the tuners and the traditionals are like flame maple top pretty much non-weight relieved um, well it's a traditional weight relief it's, oh yeah so it's traditional like, weight relief so they're going to be they're going to be um, I guess that does make them more like the 12s and the 13s because the 13s were was, was no weight relief yeah uh, but yeah the 12s was weight relief so so yeah they yeah they look they look cool they look really good going back to a traditional sort of bone synthetic nut I take it there's no yeah um, actually, GravTech nut on on everything. Oh wow! Okay, even the traditional. Yeah. Oh right. Okay. Interesting stuff. Um, I think we should revisit this maybe on next week's podcast because there's probably a lot more to talk about. Um, so far, we don't know if there's going to be uh, option for um, like GeForce system or anything like that. That hasn't um, officially come out, so we don't know about that yet. No don't... bases have been released yet. No yes, base. it has. There has. It's been a. Uh... There has been a base. I sure. I'm sure I saw a base. I mean, they released uh, a late 2015 because they released the uh, the F hold Les Paul. Oh bases, no, sorry, but that it's is 2015. A, it's a Firebird. I thought I saw a Thunderbird. Uh, right. No, but yeah, that's another thing. Sorry, um, there's a Firebird. Firebirds yeah. have returned. Yeah, listen, this is sort cheap of like, as well. This is only 50. I know. Yeah, it's only come out in the last couple of days, so there's still a bit more to learn. We still need to do a bit more reading. So let's um, let's reconvene next week when maybe we do a Gibson 2016 special and talk about all the new. Um, upgrades and options or downgrades or whatever they've done with it compared to last year and, and where that kind of range is, is going to sit. So, Gibson. Cutting edge <laughs> news Cut- from, from Guitar Nerds. Well, you know... <laughs> no, no, I know. I'm with um, you. Yeah. Again, I, I don't think there's been an official announcement yet, but no. it's started appearing on UK retailers and stuff like that, so we can start talking about it. Um, but yeah, more next week. We'll do a whole rundown on the 2016s, I guess. Um, chaps, loads of questions this week, because we promised that we'd do a load of questions. Should we have a um, short little break, and uh, we'll come back with loads of user questions. Cool. Questions. Cool. Oh no, we're gonna have a break, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> Are you unsuccessful and with few friends? Impress passes by with the all new Guitar Nerds t shirt. Head over to guitarnerds.net forward slash shop and buy yourself one of the all new official Guitar Nerds t shirt. Nerds. Okay, first question this week comes in from Sarab, who says, A great guitar, bad amp, and pedals, etc., or an amazing amp, and pedals, and a bad guitar. And we've had this a few times before, but it keeps coming up in the group, so I thought we could um, just maybe talk about it a bit more. Um, So, essentially, I think uh, what Sarab is saying is, do you buy a nice guitar and 
don't spend any money on the pedals and amp or do you go for oh no it's, it's nice guitar and pedals and don't spend any money on the amp or spend money money on the amp and don't spend so much on the guitar and pedals Matt Knight what are your thoughts um spend all the money on pedals and then it doesn't <laughs> and just matter a, and just a random time generator <laughs> yeah just forget yeah, the yeah, guitar just, entirely just buy a Sustainiac pickup and fit it to a plank of wood with one <laughs> string and run it through and then buy yourself a vintage Roland Space Echo and uh, there you have it job that, done I mean, that, that, that's, that's my lottery win right there uh, I no I personally think that I don't, doesn't matter how much you spend on the guitar as long as you enjoy playing it and then make sure you buy a decent amp for your situation whether it's home use or, or gigging but I think to be honest you could spend 100 quid on a guitar and you could find something you really like second hand or you could spend £3,000 but if you're working to a limited budget then I would say try and find a good balance between the two probably be the would be my, would be my answer to that one spend about the same I would always suggest yeah. but Jay what are your thoughts? I mean, I think at the end, like you say, it depends on the situation. I think at the end of the day, you're only like the sound is only going to be you're only as good as the you, you know your weakest link at the end of the day. And if you've got a really really pony amp, then it's you know whatever you're putting into it is going to end up sounding bad. Um, so that's you know the problem is is if you then go okay cool well what I'm going to do is I want to get a really nice amp say like for example just to keep with this theme you say right what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy a Blues Junior but I'm only going to I'm going to buy a, a a guitar from Argos you know and because that's what I can afford as well you know you're not going to enjoy playing that I'd probably you know if you've got the sort of um you know enough wits about yourself to to get a blues junior and then a really really cheap guitar you're probably not going to enjoy doing it so you need to make sure that what you're playing is you know the the stuff that you've got is inspires you to pick pick it up every day um and so if you're going to be more inspired by a really nice guitar then get a really nice guitar and maybe hold off on the amp you know, just run it into you know buy 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 a little sound card and run it into your computer yep. until you can get that nice amp to go with yeah. it. But you know, there's I, I, there's no point in in having the amp if the guitar if what you're putting into it sounds rubbish. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I guess at the end of the day, the answer is you need to spend a lot of money on both of those things. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, th- you know that's not true at all. Like, like I said, I mean, I'm, I I want to get one of those little black star apps because I think they're really, really cool and they're less than a hundred quid. You know, I think that's a that's a great place to start. Um, and if you've got a decent guitar going into that, I think that's so wicked. I think it depends what your end goal is. You know, do you want it to sound really good, like gigable good? Yeah. Or do you want to have something that is enjoyable to play with a nice guitar that you've bought? Yeah. And again, you've got some nice guitars. The most suitable solution for your, you know, where you live is one of those little black stars. Yeah. And it, it means that if you can actually plug in and play your guitars, you're going to do so yeah. rather than have an overpowered or too expensive amp that you can't actually use yeah, in that absolutely. situation. So, um, Adam says, I'm considering making a pedal board that's pretty much entirely made up of drive pedals because I have a bunch of drive pedals that aren't on my regular board and I don't want to get rid, um, rid of them for one reason or another. If you were making an all drive board, which pedals would you use? Joe Branton. Um, well, I guess let's that say would be easy. Let's say you've got three oh just three I have okay, three four. on okay, my board four. <laughs> four. four you've got four 
I mean, that's still not really a drive board. That's a few pedals. Fine, but okay. For I, um, I guess I'd start from sort of something, uh, something uh, that was just going to give my sound uh, a little bit of grit, a little bit of edge, and then and then sort of go up to something that was completely crazy. Uh, do, can can we include fuzzes and stuff? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I'd probably start with, you know, something something like. Um, a tube screamer, those sorts of things. I, I I really like that they add just sort of a little bit of something to your sound, anything like that. Um, and then really good. I mean, I'm going to have to do this from a bass player's perspective. Sure, but um, re- really good sort of general purpose drive pedals. I think are things like the um, the, the one that the, the boss pedal that me and Jay both have, the um, the BB One X. The, the Boss BB1X, which is, of course, designed as a preamp, but I think it, it makes an excellent drive pedal, especially because you've got control of your, your bass and treble on there, and you've also got a blend, which just allows you to, uh, I, I guess, make it exactly the right sort of drive from clean to drive without there being too much of a, a jump or too much of a loss in your overall tone. Um, and then I, I also think other pedals that do that very well are things like the, the T-Rex Bass Juice. I think they're great um, drive pedals. And then sort of crazy stuff, um, things like the Zvex Fuzz Factory, that would almost definitely get a vote. I know it's, it gets a little bit of flack when compared to its its original predecessor, but the the current um, Electro Harmonics Bass Microsynth I still think is a, a brilliant drive pedal. And recently... Um, there was someone did a, a, a video of just doing something like a hundred bass effects, you know, demoed in okay. ten minutes sort of thing, and he was just going through each of them. And the the boss, uh, the what is it, the SYB five? Yeah, yeah, bass. Yeah, the bass synth was used, and I was like, always write it off as being like just another like. The bass pedals that Boss had at that time, were, I didn't think, were very inspiring. They had like the the bass drive pedal, the yellow one, ODB three, yeah, which which Flea uses to to great effect. But I've I always found it to be just too much. And everything they did at that time for bass, I, I just thought was like when it was on, it was just always crazy. And every experience I've had with the SYB was that. But this guy was making it sound amazing. So yeah, I might I might even get one of those soon. I think it's one of those pedals where you need to spend some time with it and. It would always be the one. I remember when I was working specifically in a in the bass department uh, in a guitar shop, and people would come in and be like, "Is that a bass synth?" Like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I try it?" "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure." And then you get it out, and they play it five minutes. So I, oh, I don't really like it. Um, <laughs> and it's like, no, no, no. It's really good. You just need to spend more time with it. It's a really, really good pedal. It's not instant. In the same way that the electronics uh, synth isn't instant. Um, they're both kind of quite esoteric in different ways. Obviously, the electronics is analog and's got the sliders and stuff. Whereas the Boss one, you build off presets that are in there. And I think what um, people get confused with is like um, the fact that you—that's how you use it. There's really nice kind of preset filters in there, and then you build your sound from there. So yeah, cool little pedal would definitely work for as a drive. On um on that note, actually, another drive pedal that I found sounds well, the, uh, a surprisingly excellent drive pedal was the Boss, the old um, the auto wire they did that had a bass or guitar input, and There's it a, had a vowel. There is a question button. coming up oh, shortly about auto wire, so maybe <laughs> let's talk about that then. Okay, all right. okay, Jay Cross, 
Drive pedals. Yeah, four drive pedals if you're making a mini drive board. Um, so I think uh, perhaps we should talk more about the logistics of this rather than just what you would use. Okay, well, d- talk about what you'd use in what order. Um, so for order, I think it's important to... I mean, and Matt, perhaps you can uh, advise one way or another. You Would you go lightest to heaviest, as you did, in that sense, Joe? Yeah. Because you want... I think you... Yeah. To you build wanna, on the sound, it, really, don't you? Yeah, I think there's like... It's weird because obviously like the traditional is go lightest to heaviest so that you always basically stack your gain so your... Say, for example, your tube screamer will add more gain to your like Big Muff or, or whatever you're using. But actually, there was an article from Pete Cornish which was like, no, you should do it the other way around so you get more tonal variation because effectively with lightest to heaviest, all you're doing is adding more gain, so you're not really altering your tone in any right. way. Whereas if you do it the other way and you take a really high gain pedal and you run it into a low gain pedal, you're kind of pushing loads of gain into this low gain pedal and then that's changing the tone of the low gain pedal that you're using so right. yeah and I guess if you, like go, if you go lightest to heaviest all you're really doing is that the heavier pedal is swallowing up the yeah. sound of the lighter one I guess to a certain degree is that I mean I don't I don't know I mean in really layman's terms yes but it, I think it depends sort of how you use them yeah um, and I think it's yeah. also about stacking pedals that uh, have conflicting EQ for example so if you took something like a Big Muff that has a really really scooped e- like mid-range and is more bass and top heavy and you pair it with a Tube Screamer which has a lot more mid-range they'll work much better together than something that's got loads and lo- really heavy it's got loads of mid-range and then you know another pedal that's also got loads of mid-range you're just going to end up with a kind of you know you're not going to end up with anything that's kind of different at the end of it because yeah. all you're doing is just adding more gain oh, okay so with that in mind um four drive pedals four mojo mojos i i mean i'm definitely gonna i i, I think i'd probably still go lightest to heaviest i think um i think i'd probably still go lightest to heaviest okay. i think i'd probably go mojo mojo just because i think it's like the, the sort of basis of I, I mean i really really like it and i think it's like the basis of what i want my sound to sound like yep um so i'd go i'd start with that um i'd then probably go uh i guess talking from a guitar perspective i'd probably go from that to uh i guess maybe a tube screamer probably probably a tube screamer 808 or actually um what i uh, what i really like is the seymour duncan 805 okay the tube the 808 sort of clone i think that's really nice um so yeah mojo mojo seymour duncan out of five um maybe a uh to get something a little bit fuzzy but not too over the top um because i can't quite handle the like mega mega fuzz um i, I really like the um what's the J maskis um zvex pedal is it the super duper turn one or is it the box the, of no, rock? No, the double rock. The double rock. Double rock. Double rock. Which rock. is both of those pedals. Which is both put together. Yeah. One. Okay. Fine. Yeah. But two. But two of each. Yes. Like four pedals in one. Yeah. Uh, probably that because I really, really like that. And then for something right at the end as a like um, a sort of catch-all, I'd probably go with uh, Interfax harmonic percolator. Of course you would. God, I was wondering if you were going to say that. I'm really of course, glad you of course did. You yeah. Right at the end. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Matt and I. Um, what are you saying? 
Um, I would go something like uh, uh, maybe like a Pigtronics Class A boost. Oh, great! So you've pedal. got a really good. So you've got a really good clean boost at the beginning. Uh, tube Screamer, sort of classic overdrive. Um, a really popular one that's been going around on the Guitar Nerd Forum recently is the JHS Angry Charlie because it sounds just like a cranked up Marshall. Um, and then my 1978 Big Muff because it's just the best. Good stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. I, welcome. I'm going to go for um, the Echoplex preamp yeah. in the front end. A Boss BD2 cool. Blues Driver. Yeah. A then a uh, rock box is it called Matt that one they used to have which is the best yeah. overdrive yeah. like distortion that I've ever heard like you know amp in a box yeah. type the boiling point rock box boiling yeah. point rock box and my last one Boss FZ5 I don't like the FZ5 I love the FZ5 I'll tell you why because not only does it do amazing um, big muff type tones um, quite authentic nice and rich sounding it also does some really bonkers stuff so in terms of the because mo- it uses cosm modeling in there to generate the fuzz tones um, and they've modeled the fuzz tones and then gone okay what would this fuzz sound like like on one of the controls I think it's just called fuzz um, you turn it up and then about three quarters of the way round it's like okay that's what this actual pedal sounded with the fuzz all the way up Right, and then the last bit on the dial you can see is like kind of greyed out a little bit or like it's like dotted or something what that is is them going but what if it was more (laughs) so one of the fuzzes on there and I forget which three are modelled I'm sure there's a Big Muff um, and some other vintage fuzzes one of them if you turn it all the way up it it almost like changes the character entirely and changes to like a chip tune pedal so it changes to like real glitchy synth sounds um, and I love it like that with an octave pedal is literally one of the best guitar sounds I've ever heard because it's ridiculous it sounds like a Commodore 64 like broken and you just think like they've made this quite sensible fuzz but then that last bit on the dial of each of the models is just awesome it's really really cool little pedal you know what and it's silver and it looks amazing you know what we haven't mentioned and this sort of uh, probably is a, a foreshadowing of a podcast that we will have in the next few weeks. Okay. Gear of the Year runner-up from last year. Okay. Soul Food. Yeah. I was thinking about mentioning the base no, Soul Food. I really well. like the base Soul Food. I, and I think that's one of the reasons why I've sort of fallen away from the Soul Food a little bit is that I think the they when they released the bass soul food i just think that was a better pedal yeah um i think having mm. the blend on there works really well yeah i just think that's i think that's a um and i think it sounds great for guitar um and I, yeah i just think it's interesting that after especially you and me sort of fighting the corner of the soul food so ardently yes so I've got one on the board. It's the pedal that I use the least on the right. board. What I'm finding is that the um, Echoplex preamp is so dynamic um, that oh, it, it it responds so well to different dynamics, I should say. You kind of don't need the soul food, which is why I think maybe I want something that's a little smoother sounding, something like the Boss BD2, um, something that's a bit more Tube Screamer-esque. Um 
and that might kind of solve the problems that I've got with the soul food. It's a little nasal occasionally, particularly when you're using it with that um, Ecoplex preamp. Yeah. So let's move on to the next question. Um, Mike says, any opinions on the 2015 Les Paul Jr.? It seems like ridiculous value. Um, Jay, do you know what they're going for at the moment? Oh, about 500 quid. It's bonkers, isn't it? And yeah. obviously 2015, they've got GeForce and all the they do. kind of yeah. extra value. Um, you know, whether you like that or not, you know, it's an expensive system that yeah. um, Gibson have added on there. Um, what's your verdict on the I, Junior? I like them. Um, I, th- I think if it was me, I think I'd probably go with the CM Les Paul that they brought out towards the back end of this year okay, um, and is being carried on through to next year I, I really like the CM Les Paul I think it's it's it does what I mean it's a humbucker rather than a, a P90 um, but I just think it, I, I think it's a bit more comfortable to play um, the, the, the CM kind of um, borrows aspects of like um, melody makers as well as Les Paul Juniors and LPJs um, and I just think it's a it's a really cool um, like simple knockabout guitar yeah um, and the Junior I just I, I, maybe it's the, the neck shape that sort of has put me off a little bit and I just think the, the body shape is perhaps a little bit blocked I think one of the things perhaps a criticism I guess of the 2015 range is that the guitars that didn't have binding, I think, just looked a little bit blocky because they were wider. Yeah, that 2015 profile. Well, even even the body itself, I think, is it, like it's they're not the curves aren't as smooth on okay. the uh, on the. That's that's my only thing I think with the with the the Les Paul Junior. Um, and I think they they sort of honed that a little bit with the the CM. I think the CM is great, like really mm. really great. Um, but it isn't a um, it's not a, a P90. Um, but yeah I think probably and I find this very strange to say because I really love Les Paul Juniors uh, but I think I'd probably go with the CM over the okay. over the over the Junior even with that 500 quid it's, it's great value because they were they were I think 800 pounds when they first came out considering that Junior yeah. that I've got I bought uh, in 2003 so 12 years ago that was 500 quid yeah then. so it's the same price isn't it yeah which is pretty amazing. And I mean, what was the price of a standard in 2003 in comparison to now? A grand, maybe? No, there were more than that. I don't think they were. Maybe they 1100 were, quid, 1199 seems to ring a bell. Something like that, 1199. Mm, crikey. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Let's do one last question. And Matt, maybe you can uh, discuss this best. Scott says, Wah versus Auto Wah. Discuss. Oh. I. <laughs> I've. Oh, I've oh. never been a massive fan of uh, Autowar. I just, I don't know. It's, it's so every time you do it, you just, you just like play sort of some sort of like funk rhythm. I just can never get it to work for like if you're going to use it for lead or anything like that. It's the ultimate uh, porno pedal. Yeah, but it's the thing is, is that there's no, there's no control over. Well, there is control over Autowar, but it's not like you don't get the dynamics. You can't kind of, you almost when you play with a wah pedal, you use it with your playing don't you so you kind of move it as you're sort of moving certain notes and you kind of find your own way of using it where with an auto wire it kind of just does its own thing and it's programmed to do that and that's all it does I'm sure I'm kind of 
generalising a little bit well, there. Well, it's designed but... for more rhythmic playing, I think, isn't it, rather than lead work? Yeah. Different yeah, ways I to use that's... it as well. So on, for example, uh, the boss one, which is now the AW3, is that right? Yeah. Um, you can set it for a timed sweep or you can set it for like a dynamic uh, sweep. So the harder you play, the more wire you get. Um, the mm. timed sweep, obviously, is it's just going over the sweep in a certain amount of, of time. What are the... Yeah. Um, what are the kind of key players in auto wild market uh, I guess the boss one is there but what else is there um, I tell you actually the Moor one is pretty good the funky monkey um, because it's actually like auto wild's made one of those things you don't use all the time so kind of having a small pedal that does it is very very good um, and there's some some boutique pedals out there who make like um, copies there was a pedal called I've got to remember this. Love Tone Meatball, I think it was called, was like this old, um, one of the really early boutique manufacturers in the UK who made pedals, but it was massive. And they go for about 600 quid secondhand now. There's loads of people making um, sort of clones of that because I think a few of them tend to sound quite phasery, Um, you know, like the effect that you'd have on like uh, old... Uh, like electric pianos and stuff that are really popular with using sort of things like auto wire and they get that sort of phasery sort of vibe to them um, yeah there's plenty of people out there doing like weird boutique ones but I've always just thought I'd much rather use a wire pedal than uh, than auto wire do you remember that ooh that appeared for a little while that, that was knocking about yeah the, the Zvex one it's yeah. like it's eight fixed wire pedals and then you just adjust the frequency of each and then it just cycles through and it. And it sequences through quite them cool. randomly, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, there's um, things like... Um, ugh, the timeline have got things like that in it, and I don't know whether the DD500 will have anything in, like that in it, but, yeah, like that sort of sequenced, almost, like yeah, random sort of wire filters, yeah. um, which work quite well. I really like the... In terms of auto wire, I really like the BBE. I think it's called, like, the Funk Master or something. Um, it's got a picture of a guy who looks like Disco Stew from The Simpsons on the pedal itself <laughs> um, and it just sounds like you know it's just disco like you say it's ultimate porno pedal yeah the um, that bus one that we were talking about yeah. the best part about the uh, that auto wire was that it had these vowel options it had two uh, two knob controls developed to uh, d- uh, still available to, by the way is it yeah That's- I must have bought that. I think it was my first pedal. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Of course it was. Yeah, I was in a Blink-182 covers punk band, and I bought uh, an auto an wire. Auto wire. Sweet. Yeah. With your graffiti yellow. I don't think I even had a tuner. <laughs> Hold on. Did, did they even use auto wire? No, no. Or have anything similar, any sort of songs relating to any sort of I, wire effect whatsoever? I'll be honest, I don't think I know, knew what I was buying. Don't you remember? No. I, I don't regret it. Don't you remember that song, Wire's My Age Again? Yeah, that was it. I think with that, maybe we should uh, All the small wires. wrap up. Um, Auto small wires. <laughs> thanks very much for listening this week. We're going to continue this maybe over on the Patreon episode this week. Um, if you want to listen to that, uh, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. Dynasty Wari. I don't get it. It's, uh, it's, don't worry. Um, I do get it. Um <laughs> <laughs> if you want to um, listen to more of this nonsense, uh, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. All was. These lovely people have. Um, do you want to read these out? Um, I'm, I'm thinking of puns. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul sorry. Corrigan, Dale Wasco, Jack Conroy, Will Clare, Chris Wilson, Scott O'Brien, Matt Quine, Fletch Fletcher, Phil Tomsett, 
Moo Gravit and Colin Anderson have all kindly donated and are now executive producers of this podcast well done if you want to join them I think we've got seven or eight spots left um, please do go over to the Patreon check it out um, if you want to submit questions and stuff to the podcast or chat to other podcast listeners facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum uh, I just put a new video up on the YouTube channel youtube.com forward slash guitar nerds videos the top five Les Paul facts you probably didn't know. Um, you can check, We're going to talk about that in the Patreon episode this week. Um, and you can follow us on Twitter, at Guitar Nerds. You can follow me, uh, at Mark underscore Random. You can follow Matt, at Matt underscore Nightsy. That's Night with S-A-E on the end. You can follow Jay, which is J-A-Y-B-N-1. And you can follow Joe at Joseph underscore 900. Yeah, you can. Thanks very much for listening this week, and we'll see you again. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.